This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing today? In good, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. And in this episode, we wanted to give an update after the update to the situation for individuals who are getting their Italian citizenship through a minor ancestor. Marco, uh, to just jump straight into this episode, would you be able to give us a little bit of background on the topic as well as what has happened since our uh, previous update? In this episode, we will be talking about a subcategory of 1948 cases and more precisely the situation of an ancestor who was born in Italy and who became an American citizen while their child was a minor, which means under the age of 21, because until 1975 in Italy, the adult age was 21 years of age. But let's first talk about 1948 cases in general for a minute, uh, just to give some background. So a 1948 case is a case involving a female ancestor either the female ancestor who was born in Italy or a female ancestor in the Italian line who was born, for instance, in America, who gave birth to her child prior to January 1st of 1948, so before the Italian constitution came into effect. People who have an ancestor who is a female and gave birth to her child before 1948, they cannot go through the consulate to apply for citizenship. They necessarily have to present their case in court. And that has been possible since 2009, when the Italian Supreme Court basically established that even if women were not legally able to transfer citizenship uh, to their children until the Italian constitution came into effect on January 1st, 1948, the court established that the legal principles included in the Italian constitution had to be applied retroactively. So even to children born uh, prior to 1948. So basically the court made it possible for women to pass their citizenship to their children uh, who were born before 1948. So ever since a lot of people have tried their case in court and have been successful and they have gotten their citizenship. Now, at the beginning of the video, I mentioned a subcategory of 1948 cases, meaning the case of an ancestor who became naturalized, but while the child was still a minor, a child who was born in the US. And while people that go through the consulates, so they apply for citizenship through the Italian consulates, they have no problems when there is an ancestor who became naturalized while their child was a minor. People who try their cases in court have faced challenges in the past, meaning that some, some judges within the court of Rome were denying these cases. Not all of, all of the judges in the court of Rome, but certain judges. So, of course, we were telling people, be careful, there is a risk. And by the way, we have appealed successfully many cases uh, before the court of appeal in Rome. And, and the decisions of the lower court were overturned. So the Court of Appeal actually share our opinion, which is that the naturalization of the ancestor while the child was a minor does not uh, cause any issues. Then in June of 2022, the Italian government made a law saying that everybody who has a citizenship case should file their case in the local regional courts in the region 
where the municipality of birth of the ancestor is located. So basically, after 2022, people no longer filed their cases in the court of Rome. Rather, they were filing cases in the local regional courts and all cases involving an ancestor who became naturalized while their child was a minor were being approved by the local regional courts. So we were very happy. Our clients were very happy. And the news was very encouraging because, you know, there was no need to appeal any cases. All cases presented before the local regional courts were successful. Now, what happened very recently? And there is a whole episode that was released just recently where we talk about the topic and what the Supreme Court said is that the minor child was affected by the naturalization of the parent. So basically, they issued one single negative decision, um, which was not what the Court of Appeal in Rome uh, had been saying until then. And as I explained in that video, the decision of the Supreme Court is not legally binding. In Italy, the legal system works like that. So any decision issued by any court, including the Supreme Court, is not binding for other judges. It does carry some authority, so judges can be influenced by the Supreme Court's decision. But there are several judges within the Supreme Court, and every judge has a different opinion. And it happened in the past that the same topic was treated in different ways by different judges within the Supreme Court. And a lot of people have been asking me, how can a situation like that be uh, definitively solved, meaning when there is a contrast between judges within the Supreme Court, and the answer is that the Supreme Court at that point, once they recognize that there is a contrast between judges of the Supreme Court, they they all gather together and issue a decision that basically solves the matter and just takes a, they take a final decision on that topic. And we're not there yet, which is why um, it's it's true even more than the uh, decision of the Supreme Court is not binding for the lower courts in Italy. And the most recent update that we can give to our audience is that the local regional courts are basically still approving these cases, which is very encouraging news, meaning that so far we, we've only had uh, positive rulings um, after the Supreme Court decision, which means that the, the local regional courts where people are filing these cases approve, still approve, cases involving a child who was a minor when their father or mother became naturalized. So my advice is still to try these cases, to continue to file these cases, because the situation is very, very promising at the moment. Marco, thank you so much for sharing this new information about how these courts are now uh, moving forward and basically moving forward as they have been previously. But I'm just curious also for some more clarification on this particular topic, because on the episode where we previously spoke about this topic and the the, the last update on this, um, there were some questions there. And one question that I know was on the video, but that you also have received some emails about is regarding the location of birth of that minor ancestor, does it matter where that individual was born or does that not make any difference in, in this situation? Well, that is a very good question. So, uh, and thank you for asking that. So far, I have been talking about the situation of a minor who was born on US territory, because if the minor child was born in Italy, 
like the parent who is becoming naturalized, there's no question that also that minor child validly lost their Italian citizenship. So no court or no consulate would approve a case like that. So I'll say that again, just for clarity, if the minor was born in Italy, then the minor also became a U.S. citizen together with the parent who was becoming naturalized. There were some exceptions, for example, if the minor was emancipated or not living in the U.S., but in most cases, the minor, if the minor was present in the U.S. and living together with the parent, would lo lose their citizenship. And so uh, there could be no claim for Italian citizenship made by any, any descendants. On the other hand, if the minor was born in the U.S., as long as the naturalization occurred after the birth, then any consulate would approve the case. And courts are now approving these cases uh, with the understanding that the court of Rome was at times denying these type of cases. But like we said, the situation now is very, very promising. Well, thank you, Marco, again. And just to move on to a question that was left in a comment from at Robert Doris for 905. And what if it's not a 1948 case? For example, uh, his maternal grandfather was born in Italy in 1912 and then came to the US two years later and his father naturalized in 1924 when he was 12. So clearly a minor. What would be the set of circumstances that Robert might be looking at in this situation? This is a very good question, so thank you. And as I mentioned uh, before, this potential issue was affecting only certain 1948 cases in the past, not now. But people who don't have a 1948 case, they have nothing to worry about. Consulates do not apply this interpretation, restrictive interpretation. They have never applied this restrictive interpretation at any point. So if you have a consular case, meaning a case that can be presented at a consulate, the only requirement that you need to meet is that your ancestor who was born in Italy naturalized after the birth of the child. So it doesn't matter that the child was still a minor. Thank you. And that's great to have that clarification there. And this next question from at home cooking with love, uh, I think on the surface level, it, it may to some people seem a little bit odd to ask this question um, because a 1948 case goes through a female ancestor. But I think when looking at this question a little bit deeper, there's a very good reasoning behind it. So um, the question from at home cooking with love is if you are applying through a male ancestor, then the recent case does not matter, correct? And so Marco, what does that look like for an individual who may have an ancestor who was male, but maybe even had a daughter, or I don't know, there's, I'm sure, 50 different ways that this potentially could go. That is a very good question. And like you said, it depends. So if that male ancestor had a daughter, if that daughter gave birth to her child before 1948, then you would have a 1948 case. And this potential issue would have applied to you, the issue that we've been talking about in this video, which is not an issue right now like we clarified so having a male ancestor doesn't necessarily mean that you can apply through the consulate you have to look at the whole line to see if there is somebody in the line who is a female and who gave birth to the child before 1948 in which case you can only file your case through the courts uh, but on the other hand, if, the, if there is a female in the Italian line and that female gave birth to her child after 
the 1st of January of 1948, then you can go through the consulate. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you again, Marco, for giving that clarification. And just for the last question that we'll cover on this episode that was left by at Jennifer Newell uh, 2530, uh, her comment said, thanks so much for this update. It doesn't help my case, but now I'm wondering if I can go through my great grandmother instead of my great grandfather. It was my great grandmother who never wanted to go to America in the first place. And she's the one I want to do this for. So <laughs> with uh, Jennifer's question here with a, a bit of uh, a story to go along with it, very interesting because it's not uncommon that maybe one person was a little bit more adventurous and one person wanted to stay and rightly so i mean to to have your support of your family is a very big thing and moving to another country especially many years ago uh was not as simplified as it can be today so marco uh what would that look like for jennifer in her particular situation that is, again, a very, very good question because we have quite a few cases uh, similar to Jennifer's where there are two ancestors that can be used. Generally speaking, it was very common for a, an immigrant to become naturalized as soon as possible. So in many cases, they became naturalized while their child was a minor. But then the other ancestor, the female, uh, and of course, it, it's not always like that it could be the other way around but generally it's the male who became naturalized at some point and the female uh, in some cases they basically decided not to become naturalized but uh, we've had cases where the female was the ancestor that we eventually uh, focused on because she never naturalized so basically when we presented the case to the court we based the whole case on the female ancestor and we told the court that there was an ancestor who never naturalized and normally that is sufficient for the court to approve the case even if there is a another ancestor the male who became naturalized while their child was a minor so in short if you have two ancestors one of which never became naturalized my recommendation is to use that ancestor and to base the case on that ancestor and furthermore while we are on the topic there are situations where the female did become naturalized, but completely involuntarily and automatically. And that is a situation that would have happened before 1922, before September the 22nd of that year, when the Cable Act came into effect. So prior to the Cable Act, women basically were automatically naturalized by the, uh, the fact that the ancestor was together with their husbands. So if there are two ancestors, a male and a female, and the male became naturalized prior to September the 22nd of 1922, it's very likely that the, the female became naturalized, but completely automatically and involuntarily under the U.S. law of the time, and that is recognized by a, an unjust and unfair situation by the Italian courts and, and discriminatory against women. So also a case like that is very very likely to be successful in court so if you have a female ancestor who naturalized but automatically prior to 1922 it's very likely that you will win your case in court very interesting thank you so much marco for making yourself available for this episode of the italian citizenship podcast presented by italiancitizenshipassistance.com but of course if anybody needs any help with getting their italian citizenship how can they get in contact with you and your team People can contact us through our website, italiancitizenshipassistance.com, or give us a call. The number is on our website. 
absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more information like we covered in this episode, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel where you're also automatically subscribed to the Italian Real Estate Podcast. And you can also find this as an audio only podcast on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, either directly through the platform or through a Google search. Again, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian for this episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.